Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the lineup. We are coming to you live from the Athletic Sports Group Studios in Louisville, Kentucky. I'm Rick Goff, your host. I'm joined by my co-host, Anthony Grassi. Anthony, thanks for joining in tonight. Thanks for having me, Rick. All right, guys, we got a, a great show for you tonight for our second episode. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, some week-long events, uh, some teams that dropped out of Cooperstown and pulled out looking for some options. We got a couple options for you tonight. Uh, we're going to look back at a team that had a great weekend this past weekend. We're going to talk about a high school team that got suspended due to COVID restrictions and not wearing some masks out in California, and we'll deep into the, we'll dig deep into that. We'll talk about some umpire fan interactions, how to handle those, some situations that arose over the past year, couple of years, and uh, some, some ways to kind of combat that, both on the parent side and the fan side. And then lastly, what everybody's been waiting for has been our preseason rankings. Anthony, we've gotten a lot of phone calls and emails about that. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And we will jump right into it. Uh, and so last week, Rick, we discussed... Cooperstown and everything that's been going on there as they deal with the COVID restrictions in the state of New York and the ongoing adjustment to all of the circumstances that we are dealing with for the teams that decided to pull out of Cooperstown before the March 1st deadline we discussed last week or had previously decided that they were not going to attend Cooperstown for whatever reason they uh, came to. What other options do teams have? Yeah, we got a couple options for you guys. If you're still looking for something that's uh, week long and, and fun and, and entertaining, we've got a couple options for you. The first one is the Youth Baseball Nationals. That's uh, you got three destination locations to choose from. We've got Reno Lake. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Reno Lake Tahoe combination there. Uh, Myrtle Beach and also Elizabethtown, Kentucky. Those are all six-game guarantees. They are, right now, they've got 425 teams from 39 different states registered for those events. So that's a great option no matter what geographical location that you are around the country. You have a, an option that's close to you. Um, that's uh, Baseball Nationals. If you need more information, go to BaseballNationals.com. The second option is the Youth World Series. The email address, I'm sorry, email address, listen to me. The website for that is youthworldseries.com. That's a four-day event, five to seven games. It's a double elimination format, so something a little bit different for those as opposed to the baseball nationals. And you've got five locations to choose from from that. You can go to Ocean City. There's one in Texas, Kentucky. There's one in Reno, and there's also one in Myrtle Beach. That one already has, those uh, locations already have 355 teams from 39 different states. So you've got a lot of options, Anthony, for the teams out there. We've taken a lot of calls from teams asking, you know, what should we do now that Cooperstown is, is not available? So there's two great options for you. The uh, youthworldseries.com and baseballnationals.com, five to six game events. Those guys put on great events. You'll love it. You'll have a ton of fun. Uh, destination locations throughout throughout the country and um, so give those guys a call today they're gonna fill up fast give them uh, an email or something tomorrow go to the website check them out they're gonna be a great time absolutely so Rick obviously again last week we discussed 
a big event that was coming up down in Texas. And we wanted to go. Oop. Yes. Did I have that location wrong? Uh, no, 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 no. We're, we're fine. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just looking at my notes here. So we, oh, okay. we had a team. We're going to feature a team that had a great weekend. Um, the ZT Nationals 11U Prospects out of California. They ended up going 8 uh, 0 on the weekend. Um, I talked to Coach Carlos earlier today, and, and uh, he wanted to give the boys all the credit in the world. They played hard. And at 11U, they ended up playing three one-run ball games, which is something rare at 11U to see. Uh, competitive games that close, you don't see that very often. Not very often. So um, they had a tough week, ended up going 8-0. Um, but, you know, the one thing that Carlos mentioned that uh, I thought was kind of intriguing was he was going to give the boys 48 hours to uh, enjoy the, the victory and uh, take some time off, and they're going to get right back to work. So... Um, there's no rest for the weary in the youth, youth travel baseball world. <laughs> None at all. So, congratulations to the uh, to the Carlos uh, to Carlos and the ZT prospects out of California. Again, going eight zero on the week. Um, they, it seems like they had a smooth weekend and no problems. Uh, unlike some things that we're going to talk about now, Anthony, um, some problems with uh, uh, a high school team. That kind of came up today and, and uh, well, actually came up last week, but we're going to talk about it today. So won't you tell me a little bit about what happened there with the team out of uh, California? Yeah, so you sent me this story uh, probably middle of last week. And after digging around, uh, the story takes us to Burbank, California, where I guess about a month ago or two months ago now, um, the parents of the senior baseball team, senior baseball players at John Burroughs High School in Burbank, California, posted this photo. Let me pull it up real quick. Posted the photo of their senior varsity baseball players, which is apparently a, high, a school tradition that they do every year, that they do in front of the school. Nice big thing to, you know, kick the season off for the seniors. For the seniors. And... As you can see in the photograph on your screen, none of the players are wearing masks. And in the state of California, that is a big old no-no. And so... So California's probably got one of the toughest, uh, wouldn't you say, the mask restrictions and the, and the restrictions period across the country. They, they're one of the toughest. Yes. And obviously, from a parent side, you can understand wanting to you know continue what they said was a two-decade tradition and, you know... If these kids are hanging out, they may, the parents may feel that they can, you know, work with the situation that they have. But obviously, uh, the uh, school district did not feel the same way. And so they came out last week and saw the picture. I guess somebody sent it to them or, you know, circulated around the internet and managed to land on their Facebook timeline. And they ended up suspending all varsity organized practices and conditioning drills for two weeks and so the headline was very flashy of varsity baseball team gets suspended for two weeks for not wearing masks it and, grabbed my attention for sure and when you sent it to me it grabbed my attention it, as well it, it grabbed my attention um so so let me get this straight so there's no games involved in this suspension from my understanding as far as i can tell from you know a couple local news articles and then whoever on the national scene managed to pick it up so, so no game suspension. It was basically just something's a preseason conditioning. 
All right. Well, folks, you know, I want to hear from you guys how you feel about it. Um, you can text us at our uh, at our text line here. The number we're going to put it up on the screen for you, but the number is 915-228-2785. And you can also email us anytime here at the lineup at athletics.com. And and let us know what you think about these players, you know, getting suspended for not wearing their masks masks out in California. You know, my question to this, Anthony, is if there's no games involved and they basically suspended them from going to conditioning, I mean, what what was accomplished with this suspension? Well, that's a great question. And I think you and I are probably wondering just about the same thing. Um, from the, you know, the first news article that was put out about it, the superintendent's statement on the matter was, They've decided to delay the return of athletic conditioning so that the team can review the health guidelines and safety protocols. And so from from what I understand, though, this is something that the moms set up and wanted them to do to take this picture. And and so now the boys are being penalized for moms making a bad decision. Hang on. Moms never make a bad decision. First no. of all, let's, let's good correction. Let's, Very let's important correction clear. before let's make that <laughs> before clear. we get some angry phone calls. I, mean, I, don't, I don't want to, I don't want the moms coming down on me hard. But um, you know, I, I just don't understand. You know what was accomplished by this, and, and who are they punishing? I mean, it doesn't seem. I mean, to me, I was an athlete. I played baseball. I played basketball. And if you suspended me from conditioning, that was almost like doing me a favor. I didn't have to show up for conditioning. So to, to the athlete, yes, it probably seems like a favor to the coach. It probably feels like you're slighting the coach because the coach feels that they need, you know, to hit the ground running, especially if I'd imagine, you know, some of these guys probably haven't played baseball in a good while and they haven't played high school ball in I don't know how long. Um, and I'm sure the coach probably knew nothing about it. Right. I mean, he was probably did not had no idea that this was going on. Right. And so, yeah, you're right. The, the picture that went viral and we'll put it back on the screen the yeah, put that back on there let's, let's take a look at it the one uh parent posted it and somebody picked it up and it resulted in the disciplinary action that they took um apparently according to both the parent who posted it and her son you know they've said that the team was suspended as a second disciplinary action was the exact quote. So I don't know if this is a, something that they've done in the past. The same team has done already, you know, as we've been in this period or even leading up to yeah. this season. And apparently they, the district and the board were potentially looking at more severe penalties before, I guess, ultimately landing on a short suspension of a return to training activities. So they, they've got eight boys sitting there on the wall. And, I mean, as we can see, none of them have masks on. Um, but, you know, it begs the question, I mean, were they COVID tested? Were, did they pass? Did they all test negative for this? And this picture, you know, is, is truly okay? Well, this is unfortunately a lot of what we, the context and the, you know, fine details are the critical parts, but often the parts that we are missing in these circumstances. So sure, that's possible. It's also possible that, you know, these eight kids are hanging out every weekend with each other, whether they're wearing masks or not, or they're hanging out, you know, doing long toss, doing whatever drills to get ready for the season. They may play on the same baseball team in the off season. 
So there's a lot. There's obviously a lot of other factors, but you sent this to me, and the he- the headline definitely caught my eye. So as far as we know, nobody was kicked off the team. As far as has been reported, as no. As far as we know, so they're they're still able to play. They're still able to go through their senior season. So at least some uh, common sense prevailed there. When, as you said, it probably feels good to have a little bit of time off of conditioning. You get a, you know a little more time to relax, kick back before you dig all the way into the season amongst as you're going through school as well. Do, do we know if they're even back in school out there? Or are they doing virtual? Do we know that? Do we, do we have any idea? That's a good question. I did not see that, but I would take a guess that they are not, but I can double check while we're, while we keep going here. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, uh, it's an unfortunate situation that garnered headlines, but you know, when you kind of break it down, it's, it's, you know, like we said earlier, what, what is the purpose and, and what exactly happened and, and is there, you know, a punishment involved? There's no games involved. You know, I mean, I, I guess at the end of the day, I'm happy for the boys that they're not missing any games over something that was totally innocent by nature that was set up by the moms and, and just trying to, to capture some memories probably for the boys. They'll look back on in years and, and understand that that's, they were a part of something and a part of that team, especially after missing last year. Absolutely. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm sure there's some fear out there that, uh, you know, some seasons might be lost or, or not being able to be played again this year. So, you know, the moms are probably just trying to, to, to make the best of a, of a potentially bad situation. And, and hopefully it works out for those boys. You know, we'll, we'll check back in on those and, and let you guys know uh, how that turns out. Um, you know, I, I hopefully it's no further than that. And, and they learn their, their lesson and, and won't be doing things like that without masks anymore. And, and hopefully and, we don't see any more of these stories. And don't see any more of these stories. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully that they... Uh, they they're able to get back on the field and and uh you know the parents are able to attend the games and watch the games and 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 uh, do the right thing but uh speaking of doing the right thing with parents and umpires and watching the games you know let's go on to our next topic um which is umpire fan interactions and and anthony you've got some uh some images and some some information about some umpire fan interactions it didn't go so well yeah so obviously if you had a weekend of baseball this past weekend hope it went well and we hope it went more swimmingly than uh like the ones more swimmingly like the ones you were seeing on screen you know a standard experience obviously with the current restrictions in place wherever you may be uh, and we are hoping that they are not like what you are seeing on screen right now which are screenshots from a very chaotic situation that you've probably seen the same video or uh, a video like it circulate around the internet over the years. This was from an event, what was a seven-year-old, seven-year baseball game a couple years ago in Tennessee. Yeah, this is from a seven-year-old game. The picture you're looking at, leave it up there for a little bit, Anthony, yeah. and, and um, so we can talk about it a little bit. This is from a seven-year-old game that all started with a perceived umpire's bad call that the fans didn't like, and it escalated from from there. And go back to the original picture that uh, that you showed, and and you can see just how close uh, the fans get to the umpire during the game. 
it's not like a minor league game or even a college game where there's some distance between the fans and the umpires. You know, these when you go to these youth games, in, in some cases, the, the fans and the umpires, depending on the backstop, can be as close as what you and I are right now. Yeah. And yeah. that uh, causes some problems. You know, right here you got the fans that, that sit right behind the dugout in their chairs, and they want to all give their opinions on the strike zone. And, you know, that's that's a bad Bad place. Umpires don't like it. I can tell you I've talked to to many umpires uh, during my time of running events, and nobody likes for the fans to sit right behind uh, right behind them and, and criticize their calls. And, you know, I wish there was something we could do about it, like maybe rope off the area um, and have them set off to one side or the other. But it uh, it gets ugly sometimes. I've seen it firsthand, and it's, it's not a good look. Yeah, and uh, like you said, it – there are certain circumstances that escalate far, far, far too beyond what is what should be considered normal. Um, and I don't know if you've umpired or refereed anything in the past. One of one of the unique things that we one of the unique things of baseball, as you just said, is how close the f- parents and fans are yeah. to, especially at a lot of these youth tournaments, to the umpires and. You know, a lot of other sports that, you know, your kids may play out there, soccer, basketball, football. It's all the same. Whatever. But they're the at least the pro, the proximity of the official to the parent is a little can vary. So like if you were like I used to referee soccer, there's a the potential that I'm fifty yards away from a parent as opposed to, you know, fifteen feet. feet. Yeah. And so if a parent's yelling at me, that may change some things. And obviously how close a lot of the parents are to the action also changes that. Well, the tough thing, uh, the tough thing about it is when the game is over as well. I mean, these umpires have to leave the field, and there's only one or two ways out, depending on how the field's set up. And really, no matter how many, if it's one or two ways out, they all go the same way by parents. You know, I've I've done basketball, the same thing. When they go to the locker room, they have to walk by parents, and you know, the, it makes for a bad. Uh, Potentially, potentially bad. Potentially a bad situation. Now, listen, you, you know, you're hearing, when you hear about these interactions like this, you're talking probably about 1% of all the interactions that goes on. Most of them, fans say their piece and, you know, the game moves on. But occasionally it does escalate into the pictures that we saw on there and it, and it makes for a bad situation. Now, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk about tonight was, you know, some do's and don'ts for parents. And, and for umpires both, <clears throat> because, you know, my, running tournaments as many years as I've had, you know, I see my share of parents, you know, yelling at the umpires and, and just getting on them. And for the most part, the umpires try to, to, to make it professional. They try to block all of that out. One of the things they teach you when you become an umpire is you just got to block all that out. But as you can see by the picture, sometimes they're really close and blocking that out becomes very, very difficult at times. And the umpires are human beings. They're only going to take so much. I mean, you're human. You've got a, you've got a limit. And, you know, that guy or lady sitting back there and, and just talking about the strike zone or how bad they are for two or three innings, it gets on a guy. And so some of the things I try to, to de-escalate the situation is, you know, I ask parents, you know, I said, does that umpire come to your job, into your office building, 
and sit in your office chair and, and tell you how bad you are at your job for two or three hours? And they always answer no. And I said, listen, you know, you have a right to disagree with them, but at some point, you know, let it go um, and, and move on. Now, I will tell you this, you know, I'm not sitting here saying that the parents are always in the wrong. You know, the umpires, um, they, they are, they've been known to be wrong in their interaction with fans as well. And I can tell you, you know, from my experiences being an umpire and, and working with umpires, the first thing that all the UICs, umpire in chiefs, tell their guys is don't interact with the fans. Don't do it because it's a no-win situation. And, and I'll give you some words of advice that my dad gave me years and years ago as I was growing up through, through uh, early childhood and into early adulthood. And, and I share this with all my umpires. You can never win an argument with an idiot. Never. You know, so all, all you end up doing is just going back and forth. But, uh, you know, the umpires, you know, the parents, we'll, we'll go back to the parents. So if the parents get on the umpire and he tests it and he takes it for two hours or two innings, and then finally he turns around and says something to the parents. And, and I've seen this happen a lot. The parents all of a sudden become holier than thou. They're like, who, me? Wait a minute. That umpire <laughs> just said something to me and he has no right to say anything to me. And, you know, they go and search and find out a tournament director and they want the umpire kicked out of the game and, and don't ever come back and stuff of that nature. And then the floodgates open and, and the floodgates we're open off and running. And, and you're off and running, right? So, but I will tell you that sometimes the umpires turn around and say things that they shouldn't do it. You know, they shouldn't do it. And, you know, you go to now to these ballparks and they have cameras set up on these fields and have microphones and they can hear it. And, and I can tell you, I've seen it firsthand that the umpires are not always as innocent as they want to, they want you to believe. Um, but the fans aren't as innocent as they want you to believe either. As you said, everybody's human and everybody at some point is unfortunately going to make a mistake. It's just a matter of uh, how far it goes and hopefully how far it does not go. And at the end of the day, you're talking about a youth baseball game. You know, we talked earlier about the, the kids on the high school team that got suspended. You know, what, you know, what was accomplished from that? So I, I take that a step further and I go to the, the, the umpire fan interaction and what was accomplished from that? Do you feel better? Do you feel better that you got it off the chest, off your chest? You know, you think the umpire made a bad call. I get that. I understand that. But I can tell you that once an umpire makes a decision, he's not going to change his call. He's not going to say, oh, you know what? You're right. You know, I, I missed that one and change the call. Well, because as, as we were talking about opening the floodgates, if you make it seem as if you are susceptible to influence from fans and parents, yeah, that's, that's a bad oh, deal. That's a, that is a very tough road to go down. Yeah, that's a bad deal. And, you know, the, some of the comments that you hear is that's a makeup call. Or you just want to get the game over with. Let's get out. You know, you're just trying to get home sooner. Parents, I can assure you 100% that umpire does not care who wins that game. Let me repeat that just so you understand. For, for the those, people in the back. For the people in the back. <laughs> that umpire does not care who wins that game. He's getting paid either way. And he's doing the best job he can out there. And, you know... At the end of the day, I mean, let's face it, he could be, you know, 
college games, pro games, but he's there doing your game, your youth game. And so, you know, show him a little respect, show him a little leniency, and, you know, it, it makes the world a better place. And the same goes to the umpires, too. You know, you can't be antagonizing the fans. And when they react, you can't take the holier-than-thou approach and go, well, I didn't say anything. You know, a couple of years ago, I was at a, a park and uh, that umpire did say something, kind of mumbled it under his breath and, and the parents all heard it and they just went absolutely crazy. We pulled the video back and was able to hear what the umpire said. And we fired the umpire. We fired him. You know, so it, it, it's, it's a tough interaction that'll never go away. It always has to be there. Again, whether it's baseball, uh, softball, doesn't wrestling, matter. Yeah. it doesn't matter. It, it doesn't if it's matter. a sport, there's you know, some official. Um, it, it's something that you got to live with. You got to move on. And, and you got to make the best of it. So, you know, for all the parents out there, all the, the umpires out there, you know, just do the best you can. Give each of them mutual respect and, and move on. Yeah, and, and one of the points that we've hit on now, we're going to hit on two episodes in a row is, you know, it, we're here because it's youth baseball. It's for the kids. So if you are heckling the umpire at the umpires you know talking trash under his breath the kids are they're hearing everything that's being said just like the adults are right so their attitude changes yeah and it impacts how it impacts the flow of the game you know between the lines it impacts how they interact with you know umpires their coaches the other team's coaches and I mean, that's very, that's a very easy way to have something go completely off the rails. And and that's a great point, Anthony. I've seen it many a times where, again, you go back to the umpire sitting right behind home plate so we can see the strike zone. And, and I've heard it a thousand times if I've heard it once, you know, when, when, you know, little Timmy strikes out, you know, the dad or the mom says, oh, don't worry about it. That was on the umpire. And there's another fan umpire interaction, right? He's being coy about it. He's not really getting on him. He said it's one comment, it's one snide comment, and let it go. But the player, you know, now the player thinks it's all right. So when he comes up the next at bat, I've seen him draw lines in the sand. You know, now it's turned from an umpire fan interaction to a player fan interaction. And it just goes on from there, and it just never gets better. So, you know... We're not going to fix the world's problems by talking about it because I guarantee you there's going to be an umpire fan interaction this weekend somewhere, somewhere, across sometime, the somehow. It's going It'll to happen. happen. It's going to happen. So, all right. Well, let's get into what everybody has tuned in for tonight, and that is the TBS National preseason rankings from 10U to 13U. All right. We're going to start at the 10U level, Anthony, and we are going to work our way up to the 13U. Um, Folks, I want you to remember one thing about these rankings. They've been done for a couple of weeks. Uh, We are just now getting to uh, putting them out on the show. So um, I know since we've put these together, there's been a couple of events that have taken place. But uh, these rankings were post any tournaments that they... uh, Pre any tournament. Yep. 
Yes. Oh, I'm sorry, pre. I said post. <laughs> You're right. Thank you. Pre any tournaments that came out. Um, again, Anthony, once you put that number up there, the text number, the text line, the ticket text line, and the email. So if you guys um, want to text us any comments, you can use the text line, which is 915-228-2785, or you can email us at the lineup at athletics.com. You can use that email to send us your results. You can text us in any questions or comments that you may have. You can use the email for that too. Oh, one thing I want to add too. Here in a few weeks, we're going to be adding a new feature to the show. We're going to be doing a top 10 kind of sports center type uh, format for top 10 plays of the month. So we need you guys to text us. I'm sorry, email us in any videos. Uh, from any tournament. It doesn't have to be a big tournament. It's just from a game. Get those to us and we'll put together a top 10 that we'll display at the end of the month. So email us those clips. Get those sent in to us at the lineup at athletics.com and uh, we will do a top 10 at the end of every month. So let's get started. Anthony, we're going to go into the 10U preseason. These are the preseason national rankings for 10U. We'll start with the honorable mention. These are in no particular order. We're going to go uh, easily baseball, Ohio Nationals, Backyard Ballers Black, Texas Nitro, Team Sosa 305, Mississippi 69ers, Indiana Bulls Black, LR Rivals Elite, and the Traction Canes. Leading off the top 20 at number 20, we have the SBA Nationals. At 19, we have Grit Black. At 18, we have Beaver Valley Red from Pennsylvania. At 17, we have Upper Deck Cougars. And at 16, from right here in Louisville, Kentucky, we have Vipers. Okay, moving on, we're into number 15, Swing Check Baseball. Number 14 is Knights Elite. Number 13 is RBI Red Stitch. Number 12 out of California, the San Diego Stars. And number 11, Elite RBI out of, I'm sorry, that's ZT Elite Nava out of Texas. And number 10, we have Elite RBI out of Texas. And number nine, we have Miami Gamblers. And number eight from Edmond, Oklahoma, is the Oklahoma Fuel. And number seven, Dirtbags Prime. And at number six, Tampa Heat. All right, that brings us to our top five preseason teams for the 10U division. Starting with number five, MVP Hustle Casillas out of California. Number four, Line Drive Black out of Georgia. Number three is the SBA Futures out of North Carolina. Number two is Prime Baseball out of Florida. And that leaves our number one 10U preseason team for 2021 is Banditos Black out of Texas. Congratulations to all the teams in our preseason rankings, the honorable mention teams plus the top 20. We will be following you closely to see how your season goes. And now we head into the 11 new age division. The honorable mentions, Arkansas Warriors, Banditos, 
Chino Hills Thunder, Dirtbags Black, LB21, SBA Nationals, Scorpions, Team Ohio, Vegas Express, ZT Elite, Nava. All right, that's our honorable mention teams. Let's get into the top 20. At number 20 out of Mississippi, Diamond Jacks. Number 19, Reed Johnson Baseball out of California. Number 18, Easley Baseball. Number 17, Five Dual Players. Number 16, Dingers Elite out of Georgia. At number 15, we have Texas Canes Elite out of Dallas, Texas. At number 14 from Michigan, the Motor City Hit Dogs. And number 13, ZT National Prospects. And number 12 from Arizona, Scottsdale Dirtbags. And number 11, Stars Baseball. Getting into the top 10. Number 10 out of Louisiana, the Swamp Donkeys. Number 9, MVP Ruiz out of California. Number 8 is Next Level Prospects. Number seven is M3 Elite out of Tennessee. And number six is Dynasty Black out of Texas. In our top five, we have SBA Futures out of Matthews, North Carolina. And number four, Diamond Elite. And number three, Backyard Ballers Black. And number two from Florida, Hollywood Heat, which leaves us with our number one 11U team, the Traction Canes Black. All right, congratulations to all of those teams. We'll be following you throughout the year and see how everybody shakes out towards the end of the year. Let's get into the 12 view, starting with the honorable mention. Number 12, I'm sorry, 12 view honorable mention list is Kennesaw Generals, Weston Travel, Swing Check Baseball, SBA Nationals, LB21, Team 24 Ashley, Five Star National, Oklahoma Fuel, East Cobb Navy, TG Diamondbacks, and I Am United. Into our top 20, Canes Piro, and number 19, the Arkansas Sticks, at 18, Show Cali, and number 17 from Kentucky, the Southern Madison Sluggers. And number 16, the Motor City Hit Dogs. Moving on to number 15, FTB Select out of Florida. Number 14, the Rebels from Las Vegas. Number 13, Texas Bombers Elite. Number 12, the Court. That's the Kangaroo Court out of Florida. Number 11, Five Star Elite, also out of Florida. Another team from Florida at number 10, the Parkland Pokers. At number nine, we head to the West Coast for ZT Elite Garcia. And number eight, SBA Futures. And number seven, Texas Banditos Black. And number six, from California, MVP Hustle Ruiz. Now on to the top five. Number five, ZT Elite Gonzalez out of Texas. Number four, Stars Colangelo out of Virginia. Number three, Phipps Park SF Bulldogs out of Florida. Number two, the Texas Florida Kings out of Florida. And your preseason number one 12U team comes from 
Marietta, Georgia, and it's East Cobb Astros, orange. This team, uh, this team is showing up on everybody's radar this year. They uh, they combined and merged with uh, Dingers Athletics from last year. Plus, they had uh, four or five players stay down that played at the 12U level last year. They're going to play 12U level, uh, 12U age group again. So uh, this is a team that's definitely going to to be tough to beat. Uh, week in and week out. Congratulations to all the 12U teams uh, for being in the rankings, and let's move on to the 13U age group. Leading off the honorable mentions for the 13U age division, the Bengals Black, Bulls Black, Canes SE, Cincy Flames, East Coast Sox, Knights Baseball, Louisville Sting, Mission Gold, Ohio Kings, and Team Francisco, Notorious Nine. Getting into the top 20. Number 20 out of Georgia, Team Elite. Number 19, the KC Crusaders out of Kansas. Number 18 is Dynasty Black out of Texas. Number 17 is B45 out of Oklahoma. And number 16 are the Razorbacks out of Indiana. And number 15, a name we've heard a number of times already, SBA Futures, and number 14 from Mississippi, the Yalabusha Giants, and number 13, the Hammerheads, and number 12, Colorado Recruits, and at number 11, TBT National White. Into the top 10, the Astros Orange from East Cobb and Marietta, Georgia. Number 9, Easley Baseball Henson out of Tennessee. Number 8, Canes Eason out of North Carolina. Number seven from Florida is the Brandon Blazers. And number six from Texas is 12 blue. And the top five, we start at number five with Stars Baseball from Virginia. And number four, Florida Dodgers Scout Team. And number three from La Habra, California, ZT Elite Cali Prospects. And number two, ZT Elite Nava, which leaves our number one team in the 13U age division, last year's 12U number one. Texas Canes Elite. Congratulations to all the 13U teams for being in the preseason rankings. Uh, a couple of things of, to note, Anthony. Uh, my apologies to uh, Toby Potter. We had him. We had it listed as Tony Potter on there. That's but on the, me. The head coach of the 10U Banditos Black is actually Toby Potter. So my apologies to him. We will uh, get on our uh, graphics department. Yeah. putting in the wrong name yeah me oh that's you <laughs> uh, well my my end may have looked like a b and so forth and so on so we apologize for that but the second thing and probably the most uh shocking thing in the travel baseball world today is the texas canes elite lost a game for the first time in over a year yesterday um if, for those of us that uh for those of you that that follow us know that the Kings elite went 100 and zero last year at the 12U level. They didn't lose a game all year and uh, into the 13 year old division. And they, they lost their first game finally in well over a year yesterday, four to three or three to two. Uh, I'm not sure what the final score was, but uh, that still doesn't take away from the fact that uh, they are preseason number one. Um, and it's going to be a fun, exciting year for all these teams. We're looking forward to seeing them. 
quite a few of these teams will be at the TBS Nationals in Kentucky. And one of the things we're going to do next week is we're going to preview a couple of those age groups that are already sold out. The, uh, the 11 and 12 year old age groups uh, for that event is already sold out. So we're going to do a little preview for those teams that are coming next week. That's going to be a, uh, uh, an awesome uh, uh, event that we have down there um, for all these teams that are looking to come there and play the best competition. So um, any final thoughts, Anthony, on the night? Obviously, congratulations to all the teams that finished in our preseason rankings uh, ranked. Uh, to all the honorable mention teams, keep up the good work. And obviously, as if you've followed these rankings, any past iteration of them, they will most likely have a lot of different names that either one of us have not heard of sitting in somewhere in that top 20, top 25 honorable mention on the bubble range. Um, but we are very excited to see where the season takes us. Yeah, as always, I'm always excited to look back when we do our, our big production show at the end of the year, kind of see where these teams have, have fallen out. Um, and, and listen, teams will fall out. Teams will jump in by the time the course of the year is done. The one thing about it is the boys will settle it, up, settle it on the field uh, by, the time the, by the time the season's done. So we're looking forward to that. Um, that'll do it for tonight. I want to thank everyone for joining in. I appreciate it. Uh, again, uh, if you guys have any questions or comments, you can uh, text us at the uh, Ticket Text Hotline, 915-228-2785. Or you can email us at the lineup at athletics.com. And folks, remember to get those uh, video clips sent in to us so we can do that uh, show at the end of the month with the top 10. And we're looking for everything. We're looking for catches, home runs, uh, nice plays in the, in the infield. We're looking for all of those. So uh, we know you guys are videotaping all these games. So get those videos sent in to us and, and we'll have a nice top 10 at the end of the month. So I'm Rick Goff. Uh, the host with uh, my co-host here, Anthony Grassi. Thanks for joining in tonight, and we will see everyone next week. Have a good night.